Well, good morning. Are you ready to get into God's word? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word this morning, we're inviting you to speak to us. We open our hearts and our minds in preparation for your Holy Spirit to come and to speak to us, to tinker with our souls, to teach us more of yourself and how you want to live your kingdom. You want us to live your kingdom out on this earth so that we might bring glory to you. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will bless it as we look at it this morning and that we might grow as you breathe your life into it and give us life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're up to week number four of Heart for the Harvest. We've been doing this journey and every year we do it where we revisit and we look at the teachings of Jesus and of scripture around money and wealth and giving. We do this because we recognise this is part of our discipleship journey. We are continuing to learn about what God is saying through every aspect of our life. And money is an aspect of our life. And so we're learning together today. And I hope you've enjoyed our Bible reading from Luke chapter 9. We're going to engage with that today. Now when it comes to money, one of the challenges the Western church has easily fallen into is that we've begun to think of money through the mindset of the kingdom of man. We think that money is an essential element to ministry, that money is um, and finances is a mark of success. And we do that because our culture around us says the same thing. You know, as we look at people, we measure people in our society as successful or not successful, often based on how much money they have. And so um, it's a really interesting challenge. And as we come to Heart for the Harvest, we're revisiting and re-engaging with the ideas of what Jesus says around money and what Jesus says actually around success and well-being and shalom. Our two stories this week come from Luke's Gospel and I love them. They're laid kind of side by side with a little wedge in between. And these stories are teaching us something. It's not a mistake how our gospel writers put the stories in order. They do it on purpose because they want us to learn from the stories they're telling. And so we have these two stories. The first of the training camp where the disciples are commissioned to go out and to bring the kingdom of God, the teachings, the healing, the deliverance, the love of God to communities that they um, are sent to by Jesus. And then the second story is this wonderful story of the feeding of the 5,000 men women and children as well. And these two stories find themselves wrapped up in the same chapter. So let's start with the two statements Jesus makes in these stories. And we're going to hang around those statements and see what we can learn. The first is Jesus says to the disciples, take nothing for the journey. Gosh, this passage challenges the soft hands of the Western church. Let's be honest, when Jesus instructs the disciples to take nothing for the journey, it probably promotes in us a little bit of a frowny face. Nothing? Really? Nothing? No money? No purse? No extra clothes? Are you sure, Jesus, you know what you're talking about? It's a real challenge to our missional thinking. As we watch uh, the disciples head out, I think we find ourselves challenged because we have begun to think along the way somewhere that we need something 
for the journey, to accomplish good mission. We feel we need great buildings, cathedrals even. We need good sound uh, equipment. We need to be able to pay magnificent preachers to really have a reach in our world. Somewhere along the line, the church has learnt this practice and we have to unlearn the Christendom thinking and start to learn the kingdom thinking. Jesus sent the disciples into mission with everything they needed. They were equipped with God himself. And as they went out, as they preached the gospel news, as they spoke to people, as they loved people, as they healed and delivered people with the power of the Holy Spirit within them, they had everything they needed to accomplish the mission of God. And as a church, as we prepare for mission, as we think about next year's mission, what are we going to do? How are we going to reach our community for God? We must remember God has given us everything we need for mission because God himself, by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, dwells within the people of God. And it's the same God, same power, same Holy Spirit at work in the church today as it was as Jesus prepared the disciples for launching the first original church. And so we must learn what the disciples needed to learn. My hunch is Jesus sent the disciples out with this experience exactly because he knew what they would face after he had died and risen again and gone back to heaven. He knew that they would face starvation sometimes, persecution sometimes, jail time, struggles, and he wanted them to know money, comfort, uh, circumstances all working in their favour was not the key to how the church would grow. The presence and power and person of God himself is the only way that the church would grow. That is how the kingdom of God comes on earth as it is in heaven. And so as the disciples headed out, there was a mission explosion, the presence of God bursting through them as they healed others, as they loved others, as they delivered people from spirits that were evil. And so in the midst of this experience, the disciples recognised it wasn't a man's kingdom kind of solution to transformation in the community. It was a God solution, a God kingdom solution and the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is our challenge today, to remember to take nothing for the journey, but to recognise that we have everything we need to be missional people, to bring about God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So as they went out, they found that as they did mission that people invited them to stay in their homes and fed them and uh, they spread their dinner plates out a little bit, a few less potatoes on some plates and um, they maybe gave up their beds and slept on the floor so their guests could be looked after. God provided everything the disciples needed practically and God provided everything the disciples needed spiritually to do the mission of God on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, the second story, Jesus has this fantastic sentence too that we're going to learn from today. His sentence is this, you give them something to eat. So here we have the disciples. They've returned from their missional journey. They're catching up with Jesus. They're bursting with stories. You can imagine them all say, oh, that happened for us too. And yes, that was amazing. And then this lame man, well, you can imagine the disciples 
bubbling away with their stories of what God had done through them as they did their missional journey. And actually their mission was so successful that King Herod had even heard about Jesus and he wanted to see him. That's that little wedge in the passage between the two readings we did today. And so Jesus says, come on disciples, let's go find a quiet place where we can talk about this and process what you've learned. Let's discover and discuss what you are knowing about God and his power and his kingdom. And they kind of sneak off to try and find a retreat. But as is the way with Jesus, people are watching and tracking. And so a crowd begins to follow and finds Jesus and his disciples. And, and the scripture says this beautiful phrase, Jesus welcomed them and he taught them and then he healed them all. So we see this beautiful story where not only were the disciples um, doing their mission and wanting to reflect on that, but Jesus continued to open um, and be welcomed so that people could encounter the same presence of God in their lives ongoing. It, was, it wasn't like a, a conference started here and ended here and that was it, but the mission of God continued to go on even when the disciples came back. But the disciples could see a little problem. The sun was beginning to set and they're thinking to themselves, man, it's nearly the end of the day. We're a long way from anywhere. People are hungry. Good grief. We better send them back to the village, send them to the farmers, send them to find lodging. And I love this. The disciples are like, we just recently learned that when you're doing God's work, that God provides. And so, yeah, let's send them to people's houses and we'll find that people will make room on their plates and share their food and you know, maybe share their beds and their hot water for their showers and, and there'll be a, the community will respond just like it did for us and, and God will provide for the people. And, and I love that because the disciples are drawing on their recent experience. But Jesus says something else to them. He says, you give them something to eat. And I can almost imagine the disciples like, oh, really? We've just finished this mission trip. We've got no money at all. What do you mean? Give them something from nothing? Seriously, Jesus, and I can almost hear them being a little bit sarcastic. Oh, you know, where are we going to get something from? We've got five loaves, two fish, that's all there is. And Jesus says, have the people sit down. And actually, as I've read this story before, I've thought Jesus might have gone, have the people sit down. Like he's sighing at their um, inability to trust him in the moment, you know. Uh, but I'm not sure, as I read these two stories side by side, that's actually what hap is happening. I wonder whether Jesus had a little twinkle in his eye because he wanted to teach his disciples, not only can I can provide this way, but I can do more than you can imagine. I am all the time working and sometimes I'll provide this way and sometimes I'll provide another way and sometimes I'll do it differently again. Learn to trust me in the midst of the moments. You know, and I think that's why Jesus says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. Tune your ears, God, what is it this time you wanna do? And so beautifully, we know this story. Um, Jesus receives the five loaves and two fish from the little boy's lunch and he blesses it and he begins to divide it and hand it out. And 5,000 men, the Bible says, were fed that day. But we know there was a little boy there, so we're assuming that there could have been women and children, that there was an, an enormous amount of people that ate from those five loaves and two fish. And again, Jesus is teaching the disciples, God is able to do more than you can imagine. God is able to provide. God is miraculous. So trust him as you do mission. Trust that God will meet you 
and provide for you where he calls you to. And so this is an um, excellent story and a reminder to us again, uh, as we go through scant, uh, scant times or tough times when we're worried about finances, that actually God is our great provider. And uh, so these two fan stories are fantastic, aren't they? They're inspiring, they're encouraging as we think about mission for the year ahead, both for the church and in our own personal lives. Um, and they raise that question, you know, have we, and this is really important every year for us to revise and review and reflect, have we been trusting in money and in our own provision rather than God's provision? Are we concerned or worried about things that actually we could take to God and he could take care of? And um, every year as we do Heart for the Harvest, the invitation is for us to reflect, how am I going in my attitudes, in my fears, in my beliefs? Am I lining up with God or is he inviting me to step up and to understand his kingdom and his thinking and his wisdom for our lives? Um, and so as we come to Heart for the Harvest this year, I hope that you're inspired by these two stories. But I also want you to remember that while we are both believing God's kingdom work needs God's kingdom power, not money, and that God is able to provide miraculously for his people, that there is actually another invitation for us today. It's a three-point sermon and I've given you two. So let's come to our third point today. God invites us to partner with him in mission. So in the two stories we've had today, what we've seen is that there is actually a third silent partner in both of these stories. So have a think about it. The disciples go out. They are obedient to God. And God is um, present and powerful and working through them. And God provides the miraculous presence that people might experience the kingdom of God in their lives. But the third person in the story are the people of peace, the people of faith, the people of love that welcome, the people of generosity and hospitality, that welcome the disciples to come and lodge with them. They are the people who share their dinner plates. They divide it up and share it out and make sure there's enough for everybody. Two more plates, we can make this work. They are the people that um, are willing to say, well, look, I'll sleep on the floor and you sleep in the bed and have a good rest because you're working hard. And they are the people that are willing to share their resources so that their whole town can come to know the transformational presence and power of God in their lives. And they're not mentioned and they're not named and we don't know who they are, but they're obedient and they're faith-filled, and they're willing to share, and they're generous. And into that space, they partner with God in providing for the disciples and showing the disciples that God is moving all the way through, not just them, but through the community of the people of God. In our second story, the unnamed person is the little boy. In fact, he's not even flagged as the little boy in the Luke story. He is in John. We know it's a little boy's lunch. But in Luke... All the disciples say, well, we've just got five loaves and two fish and nobody seems to know where they come from. And Luke hasn't named the invisible little boy, but we recognise that his sacrifice, just a little lunch and just a little sacrifice, really, it's just lunch, but that sacrifice became the catalyst working uh, for a whole crowd to experience the miraculous provision of God. 
And so we see in these two stories, God's invitation to the people of God to participate in his work, resourcing it through sharing, through giving, through sacrifice, through generosity, so that others might experience the blessing and the kingdom of God. Isn't that fantastic? Easy to miss as we read the stories. But we recognise in these stories that God chooses to partner with his people in mission. Don't ask me why. I think God would be more efficient if he just did it all. But through the Old Testament and the New Testament, God is always seen to be partnering with his people in whatever his work is uh, in each season, each story, each mission example. And so we understand there is an invitation to us the people of God, to join in through this invitation, to partner with God, to obediently respond in generosity, in sacrifice, in love, in hospitality, in faith, um, and to step out and follow God's lead and to participate in something much bigger than ourselves. Last week, Tanya shared a story of how she used to jump in in faith and she would often have no petrol in the car or had no money to pay the retro, but somehow God always provided. And very often those provisions came through the people of God who were partnering with Tanya and God in mission work. And maybe they couldn't jump in and do things that she could do because they weren't available and she was, but they could partner by five bucks of petrol to help her get to where she was going. Such a reminder that we are, it takes all of us to be part of Mission Together. I love this story, an old story of a man called George Mueller. He was a great man of faith uh, who ran an orphanage. He had something like 10,000 children come through his orphanage in Plymouth um, in his lifetime. And whenever the orphanage was in need, they would pray. Their first port of call was not to go and shake tins at the traffic lights, but it was to pray, God, we have a need and um, we need you to provide for it. One time the orphanage completely ran out of bread. So the story goes, uh, there was no bread for breakfast and George said, well, let's pray. And um, they prayed and before he had finished his amen, uh, out the front of the orphanage, a bakery wagon had broken down and could no longer do its deliveries for the day. And so in came all the bakery bread and the orphanage had food for the day. These people remind us that God is able to provide as, um, as we are generously willing to participate with him in mission. So as we come to a Heart for the Harvest conversation, as we talk about the things we think God is leading us into this year, as we invite you to partner with God in our church for next year's mission, um, we are encouraging you to lean in and to be part of what God is calling you to, just as our fathers in the faith have over many years willingly responded to what God is call has called them to do. There are three areas that we are working towards for Heart for the Harvest this year. And I want to share a little bit about them so that as you think and as you pray and as you hear God's invitation, you might be able to discern where God might be inviting you to partner with us. So the three areas are these. The first is strengthening our online ministry. So we're coming to you online or church in a bag for those who aren't online. Uh, and we've done this for 18 months or a little bit more 
filming, recording, editing, all of those things. This has been a wonderful way that we've stayed connected as a church through this really difficult COVID time. But we haven't just stayed together. We've also reached and expanded. We have met new people. We have shared God's good news with people beyond our walls through this incredible ministry. And so we're inviting you as we lean into next year, we want to continue the online ministry. We believe that some people won't be able to uh, come to church regularly. They may not want to come to church regularly. They may live a little bit far away to come to church regularly. We don't know what our government regulations will be next year. We haven't got a crystal ball or even a GPS to know what steps are coming. Uh, we simply have faith and we believe that this has been an incredible ministry over the last 18 months. And we believe that God wants us to continue to lean into this. And so we want to facilitate a little bit of expertise and strengthen this ministry that has been such an incredible ministry. A special shout out to Simon and Sam and Kate who have done a great job behind the scenes. You normally don't see them. They're behind the camera, behind the computer doing editing. But we want to thank you guys for your contribution. And uh, perhaps some of us want to partner with God and with you and um, in this incredible mission for next year. The second uh, area we want to give to and we believe God is leading us into is to enlarge the mission scope of the Hub Cafe. Over the past nine and a half years, the Hub Cafe has been a missional open door for our local community. It has welcomed parents and children and grandparents and people of all ages in. It has served coffee, it has loved, it has communicated God's welcome to people. As they come and um, shared over a cup of coffee, connected with other people, joined small groups and had incredible conversations. And uh, the Hub Cafe has been such a significant ministry for the last nine and a half years. And as we go forward, we recognise there's some challenges for the cafe. In fact, we've had challenges over the last 18 months and we've adapted to keep the hub still serving through hospitality in our community. But as we go forward, we want to build the community connection. We believe the hub is a great way to build bridges of love and trust between the church and our local community. And so we want to set up a takeaway kiosk coffee shop in partnership with our community garden and our playgroups at Bayswater so that we can um, build and strengthen and enlarge our uh, connection through the hub hospitality. And so we're looking for people to partner with God and the hub team and the church in this special ministry. Hopefully setting up some kind of a kiosk and expanding our hub's vision and mission for next year. We also want to resource the existing ministry. Like many of us and like many churches across the country and probably the world, uh, there has been some challenges financially as we have gone through this COVID time. And for us, one of the challenges is that uh, we have a whole hire ministry that supplements offerings to help us uh, reach and achieve our missional goals. And uh, the whole hire is a great contributor a partner actually in the ministry of the church. 
But through the COVID time, our halls have been closed and our hall hire has dropped right off. We can't receive um, any kind of income through that. And so we're inviting people to partner with resourcing the church in the day-by-day -day administration that comes with being a church of community and caring for people and pastorally looking after people and reaching kids and all of the things that the church is doing ongoingly throughout this season. And so we're inviting you to join in and resource the church maybe um, this year through a one-off gift, gift uh, through the Heart for the Harvest. So these are our three areas uh, that we're um, targeting for next year's mission. And as we um, prepare for Heart for the Harvest, we're preparing for a one-off annual offering. We do this every year and it's normally full somewhere in October or November. This year our one-off offering is going to be received on November the 7th. So I've got a little bit of time to prepare and to pray and to ask God, would you like me to be part of what you're doing through these ministry areas? And um, as we uh, receive this offering, uh, we're looking and we're targeting, we're hoping to reach a target of $30,000. It's a big target. It's probably the biggest target we've ever um, set. But we are setting it both believing that God is able to provide what we need, whether it's income or some other kind of miracle, and we are believing that God is also inviting his people to partner with him in mission. And so together... Uh, as we prepare for Heart for the Harvest, I'd love to invite you to think about and to pray about, is God asking me to be part of some of these missions? Now, you might not have a lot of money. And, you know, I think the little boy who brought his lunch to Jesus, he didn't have a lot of money. He didn't even have a big lunch, just two things in it. And yet he, what he gave, even the little God was able to multiply. So don't be afraid about small gifts. Don't be afraid about, um, I don't have much to give. Maybe it's not worth it. God will hear and meet your um, obedience, your sacrifice and your love. But maybe you've got a little bit more. Maybe you haven't been able to go out for dinner as often. And so you've got a little bit more cash in the bank. And maybe you're able to part partner and share in providing the generosity um, that enables the broader community to experience God's revolutionary love and kingdom work in their lives. And so we want to invite you to give some thought and some reflection to that for our November 7 Heart for the Harvest offering. As we come to the end of our time together, I want to reiterate what I started with. Our church is built not on financial planning and fear and success and money. Money is not our God. Our God is the Lord Jesus Christ, Father and Holy Spirit. And so we are trusting him to do his work. And we are trusting not that money will provide our needs, but that God will provide our needs. We are also recognising the invitation that we have to partner and participate in the kingdom of God through our local church. And so we're inviting you to give prayer and consideration to whether God is asking you to give into these spaces. So let's close in prayer with all of those thoughts. Lord God, you are the God of our church. You are able to work through your people. You are able to provide for us and for others. You are able to do miracles your teachings bring life to people's hearts. Your presence brings strength to our spirit. As we look to you, 
and listen to you regarding Heart for the Harvest, we pray that you will show us how you want us to participate in the church's mission. Give us courage to share what we have, to sacrifice where you call us to, in order that others who are yet to know you will have an opportunity to. And may you provide the answers to our prayers, the miracles we ask for, the provision we need, that the kingdom of heaven might come to earth through us. May we be faithful stewards of what you've given us. May you receive glory in our obedience. So Lord, we know you have blessed us. We pray that you would keep us, that you would let your face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. As we continue in lockdown, in our laughter, our labour, our leisure and our tears, we pray that we might be aware of your presence, that we might be generous, that we might be brave, that we might be faithful and that we might know that you will take care of all things. In Jesus' name, amen.